The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. panel discussion. I am one of your hosts, Greg Knowlton, and as always, I am joined by your sidekick, Matt Johnson. <laughs> what is That's up, everybody? Right. Know your role. <laughs> I know my role. I uh, <laughs> hope you're all doing very, very well. First and foremost, I want to thank everybody who stopped by our podcast, Precinct Redemption Fundraiser, this past weekend and supported us. We are in the go. We're in the green to uh pursue and uh, we can actually afford a new office space so we achieved our goal so i'm very very happy about that on behalf of myself greg and the rest of our podcast precinct family we thank you very very much uh for supporting us in that manner uh and now we shift gears now we shift gears we're just coming off of black history month we did a special bonus episode with it's it went up actually yesterday uh, yeah. for you to listen to just kind of myself and Greg going back to our roots uh, and and kind of relearning why, why we love comic books and comic book culture so much. But today we are heading in the direction of Women's History Month. That is the month of March. And man, oh man, uh, there are some splendid, splendid ladies of comic book culture uh, comic book lore that we get to talk about this month. Oh yeah. And you know what? One of the things I've realized and I, I feel kind of guilty for it. Um, but we haven't covered a ton of the ladies on this show um, here and there, but not as often, I think as some of the other characters. Um, so I'm really excited for this month. Like today's pick for me, I immediately I, I bounced between like three or four characters. Like, who do I really want to cover? And I landed on this. And I was like, oh yeah, this is I'm I haven't <laughs> been this excited to cover a character in a while. Um, so I'm really, I'm really pumped for this. No, I am too. And you know, as soon as you, we we decided on Women's History Month, uh, I knew exactly who I wanted to cover. And I'm getting some ideas the more I think about it. So I'm really, really, really excited. Um you know, at the chance for the next four weeks, however long yeah. the month of March is to be able to cover this uh, sort of thing. But we wanted to redirect your attention to do a couple things. Um, yes. Myself and Greg are taking the Facebook page a lot more seriously uh, going forward uh, today as of well, actually, as of yesterday, technically, uh, we started doing a uh, we started adding video content to the Facebook page. The Facebook page is. You know, we, we realize we have to become more than a podcast. I think that's the most important direction that we yeah. have to go. And uh, so we're going to have video, like 5, 10, 15-minute top video uh, content for you at least twice a week is our focal point right now. We, you know, uh, maybe more than that. We'll see how fun and creative we can get in, in making it worth your while. But, uh, you know, that's... That's something we want to go forward, and we're going to utilize that to help push our different, our various themes uh, throughout the the months as we go on, uh, as Greg has laid out for us. But, uh, but yeah, uh, you know, back to back to the main point. Yeah, very, very excited. Oh, and I do. I think we can officially announce this. Yes. Um, 
I want to, I don't know if we're on the same page, what we're announcing right now, but I officially want to (laughs) announce uh, we will be in April. So we've got a a whole two months before it. But in April, we actually got invited to be official broadcasters at UBCon. Um, It's April 25th, 6th, and 7th. So we'll be there all three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, hanging out with the table. We are going to be doing live interviews. We are going to be talking to all sorts of cosplayers. Cod players, that's weird. Uh, Cosplayers, (laughs) we are going to be hanging out with... I like that idea. Um, I'm going to dress up like a cod. (laughs) Well, you went to, like, at least you went to the fish. I went to cod pee. So no, I went man, somewhere man. else. You did, yeah, you did. <laughs> um, but like, I'm gonna be. We're gonna be hanging out in the Dungeons and Dragons games. We're gonna be checking out um, some of the board game playing, the video game playing. Myself and, and Shades from um, Squad Wipe. So we'll be all over the place, running around. Some of the other um, precinct members will also be there. And we're we're just super excited to be a part of this. This has been something. Uh, I've loved for a while. I've went to UBCon almost every year for the last few years, maybe like last six years. Um, I just love the community there. I love uh, just every every part of it, checking out all the cool cosplays, hanging out, seeing the new like board games people make, um, checking out the League of Legends tournament. So we're super excited to be a part of it this year um, and, and almost be special guests in a way. So it's super cool to us um, that that they wanted us to be there and and set us up with a table no that was a huge like not thing that greg surprised me with last week and let let me know that that's going to be a thing it is really cool ubicon's a big uh convention here locally uh and it, it is a good kind of crowd the crowd that we want to attract and uh be a part of so i'm i'm looking forward to it. i've never been to ubicon before uh but from what i hear it's good things on the horizon for us our you know our precinct our network as a whole and i'm just yeah i'm i'm really excited to get going at it um we were definitely not on the same page though about the special announcements but i think i'll hold off on mine uh you know what i'm okay with our special announcement uh i think it i think it's time because i think it'll be official next week you will get to see it um so if you want to go with yours i i'm okay with it okay well it's gonna be within the next couple weeks uh without a doubt but uh, so myself and Greg have been pretty much carrying this show uh, for the last, it's been uh, almost a year now after we lost yeah. our good friend, Chris Gallo, not like he, lost, lost, but he, yeah, he so left. Was the, like he died. I was like, <laughs> that, was, that sounded really bad. Um, but he left the show, obviously, because he was too busy. But, um, you know, with many discussions between Greg and I, we realized that, you know, a couple things have to happen. One. We have to open up the discussion part of the name panel discussion. And two, we have to become an actual panel, not a pair, a panel. So over the next couple weeks to a month, uh, myself and Greg will be adding not just one, but two very, very special co-hosts that are near and dear to our hearts. We're becoming uh, our own Justice League, our own X-Men, our own our own Avengers. We're becoming a group, and I'm so pumped. It's it's really cool. We got some good people uh, coming around. One of them has been around a few times, and the other one uh, we know very well through professional wrestling around here in the local Buffalo area. 
And uh, we're excited to get some of his takes yeah. on it. I think he's the perfect addition. Both of these guys are the perfect addition to our team to actually make this a team yeah. and a panel again. So and it's cool um, because it, it rounds us out because one of them is also a, a super mega DC fan. Um, so it adds to that. And then the other one is, you know, a pretty big Marvel fan as well. Um, and both have their knowledge in indie comics and everything. So it's going to be super cool. Um, cause we're going to have a ton of new views on what we're looking at. And, and as much as we are all like-minded, um, we are all very different too, which is, I'm super excited about. I think that's a huge part of this show is bringing people's, uh, different likes and dislikes to the forefront um, 100%. and check it out like kind of trying things you would never try unless someone else handed it to you so i'm yeah. really pumped for that no it's it's definitely a a good time to be a listener to the panel discussion um without a doubt but without further ado those yeah those are our special announcements uh, i don't think there's any news i haven't seen anything really much in there, the news there's department just that minor rumor um so there's been like Keanu, Keanu was recently in Marvel, oh, yeah. and of course, and, and two, there's Henry Cavill. So everyone's at wondering, is Henry Cavill gonna be um, uh, Wolverine? There's a rumor going around that Wolverine is gonna be in Captain Marvel too, which just seems weird to me. Um, so is it gonna be Henry Cavill? And as I'm thinking about this, I'm putting two and two together with this other rumor, and I'll, I'll talk about that in half a second. Um, the other rumor is. Keanu Reeves was also at Marvel Studios this past week. And so one of the rumors popped up that he was going to play Dr. Doom. Ooh. And now recently, another rumor popped up that he's going to be Silver Surfer. I much prefer the the latter to the former. I think him as Surfer would be awesome. I don't think Keanu Reeves has what it takes to monologue and be Doom. As I say this and think about it, though, I think that Wolverine... Um, rumors of red herring and Henry Cavill honestly could be a kick-ass doom pardon my language but it's true I think Cavill has the acting chops the size the the voice and monologuing power to to maybe switch gears from being Superman to be this like mega villain in doom and really have a commanding presence um and the more and more I think about it, it totally could be what's happening. And to have Keanu, Keanu and Henry Cavill tied to that project could immediately make Fantastic Four just without even casting the four. Like a, a project to have your eyes on a, in already moving in the right direction. No, I 100% concur with that. It's huge star power. Everybody would be interested in the fact that Cavill is going from uh, one of the premier DC hero positions to easily – a front runner MCU acting position. Uh, if he were to become Dr. Doom, that's a huge draw. I'd watch, you know, those movies that if they uh, announced that 1994, like B movie cast from fantastic four, if Henry Cavill is going to be Dr. Doom, uh, I really, yeah. truly would. So I hope uh, that they continue to add star power. That's the nice thing about the MCU is that you can add these, you know, the, there's interest. These people, like if, if you're not a part of the MCU, you're kind of, what are you doing with your life? Kind of, kind yeah, of this point. mood right now. So I think that would be a great move for him. Uh, you know, for Cavill, I think the Superman thing has kind of run. It's run its course, uh, unfortunately, over there at DCU, uh, DCEU. Yeah. 
So, uh, and they know what the projects are going to go forward with. So why not? Now's the perfect time to do it uh, as the the MCU continues to change. I could see him being doomed. The more and more I think about it, I didn't think about it until I was just processing those rumors and was like, you know what? I'd be fine with, with a Cavill doom. Like I'd be all about it. Actually, he would, I could see him pulling that off. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I've seen some dark tendencies in the the Justice League movie with him as Superman. Like he, when he was a little off, uh, you know, I was like, oh, you know, thinking back to that, I'm like, ah, this could definitely, this could definitely work uh, if, if done and executed correctly. So uh, yeah, I'm all about it. So, but right now it's just rumors. Everything's just rumors. There's no official news kind of out and about right now, but um yeah, I think that wraps that portion up. Yeah, let's get into the ladies. Saw, oh, you got one more? Uh, I'm sorry. One more is the Justice League Dark Apocalypse War animated film just dropped a a trailer, and it looks super cool because it's like the original Justice League plus you throw in Swamp Thing and Constantine and stuff, and I'm really excited to see that. That's just a quick pop up, but the the DC animated films are always awesome. I just watched a bunch of the Red Sun stuff too, and that was amazing. So, so yeah, just definitely keep an eyes out for that. But yes, as you said, ladies, it's ladies, ladies. Uh, and yes, like I, I'm glad that we're we're covering this. Obviously, it is you know, um, I don't even know what the official uh, phrasing for this month is in in real terms, but it is like a women's, women's history month. It's is it women's history? I, I'm not entirely certain. I know I it's believe? a it's a big focal point. Uh, but Greg brought up a good point. We haven't really covered many female characters uh, in all of our endeavors here on the panel discussion. So that's why I'm really excited. I think it's a very, very much appropriate. And, you know, as the wheels start to turn on society, uh, you know, as far as getting more diverse, uh, women are going to be the focal point going forward. And, and, you know, I've said it many times before. I love the originality of a female character. Mm-hmm. absolutely love it uh and a lot of these you know the ones that i w- i will probably choose going forward are characters that are original they're not replicas they're not replacements uh for yeah. male characters they are original born characters that probably started back in the 60s or 70s uh for the uh, you know for marvel or for dc um i get did we we didn't even announce our characters yet did we we have not we, we have both not. went in the marvel realm this week which is is totally fine yeah. um but yeah, we're both in Marvel. I uh, am not. I'm not doing a character that started out as a hero, um, but then became a hero later. I am covering Gwen Stacy. Super excited for this because um, there's so much behind her and so much influence on Spider-Man with her character. And then, uh, what do you got for us, Matt? Um, I am going to be doing Scarlet Witch. Not like doing, doing, but I will be talking about doing. Uh, I will be talking about Scarlet Witch. For the love of God, I will be talking about the Scarlet Witch. I mean, I've seen the poster that you have, so whatever. It is very risky. I made sure yeah. I bought that for specific reasons. But uh, yeah, I decided to do Scarlet Witch. I, I think she's a wonderful character that has been underutilized, I think, up to this point. And I think she's starting uh, both in a live action. Uh, well, most importantly, in a live action role, to kind of get the credit that she rightfully yes. deserves. But she's kind of always just kind of been there, you know. I mean, she's had some major storylines, of course, and she has a really cool lineage. But 
um, I think she's a wonderful character that, you know, it, I mean, we talked about it this past weekend in our, in our bonus episode, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we, with the cartoons, we grew up, you and I grew up with the animated series, like uh, especially in the Marvel side of things, the forefront characters were your Jean Grey's, your rogues, your gambits, uh, your Sue storms, not Scarlet witch though. Uh, not even in the slightest. They did have a weird Avengers show like in the late nineties and it really yeah. wasn't anything special. I, but like Scarlet Witch wasn't like this major feature character, even though she did have a couple appearances in the X Men show. So I am uh, I'm really excited to get a little bit in depth. We I lightly covered her in a live video today, talking about Quicksilver's origin. Uh, well, excuse me, first appearance in in comic books. So I'm really excited to really dive in uh, with the Scarlet Witch today. And it's fitting because today they wrapped Wandavision, so that's pretty pretty exciting actually and and it's a fitting time to be covering this character or yesterday at the time of filming so no perfect yeah y- yes quote unquote yesterday uh recording <laughs> times and all that fun stuff but i'm excited to uh, i really want to hear the the you know the stuff about gwen stacy because for the longest time i mean greg you're like i said i've said it many times on the show before you have a lot more in-depth knowledge of of comic book characters uh but for me like i like gwen stacy i had grown up always known as the the girlfriend that that died, right? Yes. That, died, that from Spider-Man that died, and all of a sudden, like within the last five, six years, she like I'm hearing about all different variations of her character and emerging as yeah. a superhero. And I'm a little baffled. I was like, why? Why did this come about? Uh, you know, she was like one of those only characters that were truly, truly dead for a little while. So I'm I'm really excited to hear what you have uh, in your research for Gwen, Gwen Stacy. Yeah. So I'll hop right into it. Gwen Stacy. He, a lot of people actually think she was um, Peter's girlfriend before Mary Jane, but in reality, she is the love interest of Peter Parker post Mary Jane. Um, he actually gets sick of her and ends up meeting Gwen, and they they kind of go back and forth because she's actually very smart as well. She's she's in college for um, studying science and stuff. They never really like specify what she's there for, uh, but like never actually like she actually has to work to get Peter's attention too. We always think of like Peter as this knucklehead, like nerd. And Gwen is supposed to honestly be this like bombshell. And she has to date flash and Harry to even get Peter's attention, but ends up being like dating. um, Peter after a while. And there's, there's a lot to that relationship. There's, you know, her father's a cop. So there's a strained, strained relationship. Um, her father very much has like a, a J. Jonah Jameson feel towards Spider-Man. You kind of see it in the movie, um, that amazing Spider-Man series with, gosh, Andrew Garfield, where he's he's out hunting Spider-Man. Spider-Man's a criminal. And at one point, I think he gets hurt and she has issues with, with Spider-Man over that. So they've always had this like strained relationship. But the, the death thing, the, and this is important, I think it's a really cool... I think her character and her death is such a huge thing in Spider-Man that we kind of forget about. Um, And something we don't even think about when we think about superheroes is them causing a death by trying to save somebody. Yeah. I mean, this, this affected Spider-Man for a long time. Uh, It really, really did it. You know, not to, you know, get too much into your research, but, um, you know, from what I know of the Gwen Stacy lore, 
uh, this kind of, you know, this really pushed the Green Goblin as the, you know, of yeah. like number one arch nemesis of Spider-Man for a good 20 years. Uh, yeah, you know, sure. really until really until Venom emerged, like Green Goblin is like pr- the pre-Venom main Spider-Man villain, like essential yeah. Spider-Man villain. I still uh, think of Goblin as like the top dog. Like I think of like Venom and even now, not so much Venom, but like now it's really like Goblin, Doc Ock and Kingpin. When I think Spider-Man, those are the villains I think of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so in 73 and now think about it too, comics in set in the seventies, I feel like they were still pretty upbeat for the most part. Like there were some, some darker comics, but this is like a totally different beat in comparison to, um, the other things that are being published at this time. Um, Green Goblin kidnaps Gwen Stacy and actually throws her off the Brooklyn bridge and goes, basically gives Spider-Man like time to go save her. And when he saves her, and, and it's this is it's so crazy, uh, and people have seen it now too. But he actually shoots her with the web, and him making contact with the web stops her so suddenly that she breaks her neck. And that is like there, there's like the the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the the physics, like superhero physics. If, if Spider or Superman's really made out of steel, if he were to catch Lewis, Lois Lane while she's falling out of the building, it would actually chop her into three. And but you never see that. It's superheroes. They're they're allowed to be the like heroic. They're allowed to like break these physics and stuff. Um, and you don't get that here. Spider Man actually kills his girlfriend effectively, trying to save her. And and it does affect him. It causes him. Like he killed her and he has to face that um, forever. And, and it, and it comes into play a lot while he's trying to save other people. Um, yeah. I mean, that's basically the cut. end of her there. Yeah, go ahead. It go ahead. is no, not to cut you out, but I mean, uh, this is very early on in Spider-Man's run too. So keep in mind, like this is relative. I mean, a couple years in, uh, you know, uncle Ben has died at this point, And then he has Gwen Stacy on his, you know, this Gwen Stacy death on his mind too. So, He's experienced quite a bit early on in his his crime fighting, uh, you know, days and, and yeah. you know when you saying that too, they actually per, you know per, kind of portrayed that scene. I don't know how accurately it was, but uh, the physics part of it uh, in the Amazing Spider-Man two, yeah, oh, they, they portrayed that pretty well and it's pretty gruesome. And I was it upset me. I've been watching. Sick I wasn't super like head hit the. Ugh. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was insane. It was insane. But no, they did a good job of portraying that. But but yeah, for Spider-Man to take so much loss on early yeah. on, it's like, oh, man, well, you know what? What else can you run this character through before he just finally breaks his spirit? And that's, you know, again, sidetracking. That's why I've always admired Spider-Man as much as he has because of how much loss he, he's experienced yeah. and come through uh, pretty level headed for him. But that's pretty huge too in in comic books in general. Could you imagine like reading a Captain America book and his shield ricochets and and takes a lady's head off or or, or breaks her spine and paralyzes her, or reading Batman and he you know kills someone with a battering on accident or a bullet bounces off Superman and kills an innocent bystander? Like it would be insane, and it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in comic books, but it happened here. And I think it's so it's still crazy to me that it kind of doesn't happen more often. Um, but it, yeah, it's just such an effect. And Gwen's character really then affects the comic books to come. 
but she kind of doesn't exist anymore. She comes back as a clone for a while because Spider-Man did this weird thing where there's like a million and one clones. Um, But really like that's her main effect on Spider-Man and, and that's her lasting legacy. Uh, And then ultimately he does go back to Mary Jane and that actually wasn't the plan. Um, I guess originally they really wanted her to stay her, she was meant to be Peter Parker's love interest, um, but the the crowd, like the, the the readers, just fell in love with Mary Jane. Um, so they made this decision to just not write her off, but still have a lasting effect on Peter Parker in a different way. No, and that's then, yeah, that's yeah. Huge. Go ahead. No, that, that was I was going to agree. I mean, I, I think Gwen Stacy's character is a little bit more, a little bit more like in the classy respect. Yes. For she me, like have... Mary Jane has, I'm not going to say she's like this bumbling, uh, you know, bimbo, but like Gwen Stacy was kind of like, yeah, just really clean cut. And, and she was the nerd girl where like Mary Jane was like the tough girl next door. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but then, so, and that's so that like the 73 was when she died and she popped up here and there in the 80s and 90s. But then recently in 2015, um, I believe it was in in the Ultimates in the Ultimate storyline. They they did another run of of Gwen, where it was an alternate universe where Gwen got bit by the spider instead of Peter. And Peter's actually the one, and you kind of see it in the Spider Verse movie as well, um, who uses the lizard formula. And, and ultimately, he becomes the lizard and fights Gwen Stacy to the death. And he actually or fights Gwen Stacy and the formula actually ends up killing him in the end. And it's a very different like world. He's act. she is um, her father's still a cop hunting her because she's gets blamed for Peter's death. And Frank Castle is one of the other lead detectives um, working with her father. Uh, and in this world, like it's a female Captain America. It's uh, Samantha Wilson and Matthew Murdoch, Daredevil, is a villain, leader of the hand, like we've seen in Shadowlands, but it's it's official. Um, so you get a little like she showed up and just blew up in popularity. And it's a, it's one of my favorite superhero suits. Um, but she was going by the name of Spider Woman, and it's just a really cool storyline. She she ends up getting involved with a lot of other characters, but her her main villains are Kingpin and Matt Murdoch. Um, as well as like man wolf gets thrown in here and there and Harry Osborn with a, he takes over the lizard um, personality for a little bit, as well as a, a similar green goblin, iron man kind of thing. Um, but she eventually loses her powers and thanks to Murdoch and Elsa Brock, who is the, you know, the other version of Eddie Brock in this world um, actually creates a symbiote mixing the lizard formula with the venom formula and takes oh on, gets her her powers back um and, and kind of bounces back and forth but she actually ends up revealing her person or who she is and serves crime uh time until she goes to earth 616 to find eddie brock and 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 it's she's a it's a cool character like but the thing i like the most is now uh we know her as ghost spider and i love that name uh and her reason reasoning why is like the it is because like Gwen just has this history with death in every, in every universe she's in that she keeps running into these other Gwen Stacy's there's death that follows her. So she says like, you know, 
Death and Gwen Stacy have this relationship, so I'm going to take on this name, Ghost Spider, um, which is super cool. And, and it's a really cool character. She's got such a different like take on Spider-Man, having that mix with the the symbiote spider later and um, kind of has like trained herself. And then in, in, around the same time, this Spider-Gwen had caught pop popularity. Um, Marvel loves its variant comics because it loves them like make money. So they released a ton of variant comic covers where Gwen was just characters. She, there was one where she's Groot, one where she's Howard the Duck. I have one where she's Medusa in front of me. Um, Wolverine, Black Widow, Thor, Doctor Strange. I'm looking through them all now. Um, a, a whole bunch of different characters. She-Hulk, uh, where she's the whole X-Men. Um, but they released one where she was Deadpool, and, and it they like it's like Gwenard the Duck and 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 stuff like that, and Gwendusa and and all and all these things, um, Black Gwendo. But there was a Gwenpool one, and it wasn't ever meant to be anything other than a cover. But they noticed at all these comic cons that all these people started dressing up as Gwen, hmm. as Gwenpool. It's like, all right, I guess we're going to turn this into a comic book. And this whole, it's a super awesome character because she, um, her power is that she knows she's from in a comic book and she can use it to her advantage. Like she can actually take a villain and put them into a different panel or like trap them in the, the white space in between. And she also came from basically our earth. They never say it for real but she's read every single character's comic book. So she knows like how to defeat them and what their secrets are because she's seen them before. Um, so it's like this super third world, the third world, fourth wall breaking Gwen, even more though than Deadpool, where she actually like can use the fourth wall as her power. Um, and it's also just a cool idea of how fans affect production of things the fact that this was a character that people just saw the art design and said i want to i want to do this let me, let's cosplay as this uh and it launched a full line of comics now um and, and i'm kind of interested like she's very tied up with howard the duck and modok um, and we have those comic books coming up i'm interested to see if that character shows up in those or those movies rather uh tv shows on hulu the animated show there we go with with hit monkey and and modok and howard the duck and tigress um, I wouldn't be surprised if Gwenpool has an appearance in some of those episodes because she fits that world so well. Um, but it's so cool to me. Like this character, they were like, oh, we need we need a character for Spider-Verse. Let's bring Gwen Stacy back in a suit. And then it just rolled into Gwen. Uh, Spider-Gwen has her own set of comics. And now Gwenpool has her own set of comics. And Gwen Stacy is back in the forefront and part of a movie. Um, and she's being looked at as a live action character. So yeah, I think it's going to happen sweet. sooner than later too. I think the live action, uh, you know, fact it's going to happen sooner than later. Yeah, uh, she did. I, she did have a she did have a great role. Uh, you know, yeah. very prominent role in the uh, Spider Man Enter the Spider Verse. Yeah, uh, very well featured and very very highly regarded, which is a good you know a good sign. So and she's just uber. I mean, we've seen how I mean it was relatively quickly how Deadpool, uh, you know, even though it took kind of longer than people wanted to, how but how like that 
that fire and that passion for for Deadpool at that like that last the year before yeah. it came out, uh, you know, it transpired. And I think Gwenpool, Gwenpool, Spider Gwen, however they decide to go about it, I think it's only a matter of time. I really do. I think we see a Spider Gwen first. Uh, especially with this idea of a live action Spider-Verse movie happening and stuff like that. I think we get Spider-Gwen. Um, and while we talk live action, um, I actually have two picks in my head for who could play her. Um, Saoirse Rowan is one, kind of. like I think she could do the role well. I don't know if she fits the look perfectly. Um, but then the other is just off the look alone, but also I know she's kind of getting popular and, and has a great um, following and is a pretty strong actress is um, Kiernan Shipka from the Sabrina, the teenage witch series, the new run of Sabrina, just the, okay. like the look alone. She looks like Gwen Stacy to me, like, and she's got a young, she's still pretty young, um, which I think is good too. I, I kind of want, would prefer to see all of the, which McCall, like all of the Spider-Man cast stay kind of young, in my opinion. Um, I think it just makes sense. I think, um, like, I, there was another character, too, I was picturing. Oh, my gosh. But I think anyone who's really going to be involved... Oh, Johnny Storm's another one. I think anyone who's really going to be involved in Spider-Man should be matching his age. I, I kind of would like to see this almost young Avengers initiative start to show up. Right, right. No, I can agree with there that. Is a picture of this is Kiernan. I just sent you over. Hey, yeah, what she, up, girl? No, it's she perfect. looks like Gwen Stacy, uh, and she is like r relatively in that age. I think she's she's twenty one. Is what I'm looking at ninety nine. Right, she'd be twenty one. Yeah. So. So she's still pretty young, and she looks pretty young. I think I think she's supposed to be in high school in Sabrina. So, no, that, I mean that's that's perfect, and we all know how Hollywood can uh, can dial people up to make them look younger. So I think that's no, that'd be an excellent fit. I, I I hope they go that route. I really do. All right, let's hear let's hear Scarlet Witch. I'm I I, I, I know a lot about scarlet uh, no i know a lot about scarlet witch and house of m because that was like a big thing for me but outside of house of m and like the avengers stuff I'll, I'll be honest i never really deep dove in the scarlet witch or quicksilver um like outside of like the little things connections between like who their fathers could be um so i'm interested to see what you got okay uh well i'll try not to disappoint you uh so my actually actually my uh, first sucks uh yeah i know i know trust me uh <laughs> i know so my first impression of uh scarlet witch actually it, it it came lightly from the cartoon very lightly but uh when i was younger my dad got me these books uh they're actually novels they're comic book novels i, I still have them in my possession uh it's called the times it's called times era no wait, no no that was x-men and avengers um, or X-Men and Spider-Man, but there was a, there was a book, it was X-Men and, uh, there was an X-Men and Avengers crossover series and Scarlet Witch and like Rogue were primary characters. And I used to read those, uh, you know, often and Scarlet Witch is on the cover of one of the books. I can't remember which one, uh, but that's kind of when I knew her prominence, you know, how cool, you know, well, who she was to be perfectly honest with you. 
Uh, and there was a, you know, obviously there was a lull because Scarlet Witch really wasn't featured much, uh, you know, comic book heavy, no movies, like none of that, which I was a little surprised about. But uh, here's her. I mean, I'll give her a little backdrop information here. Uh, Scarlet Witch, she was created by Mr. Stan Lee and Mr. Jack Kirby all the way back in 1964. Uh, and her first appearance was the X-Men number four. And one of the things I've always found really cool about her uh, uh, her character, and not even just her character, but her brother's character. Like, I love Quicksilver, and I'm glad Greg reminded me how much I loved Quicksilver this past weekend. Uh, they're they're <laughs> tw- What? <laughs> remember Quicksilver? Oh, I remember. I remember. I remember. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she, you know... They have a really cool dynamic that's pretty, like, it's unbreakable, almost. Uh, You know, I've always admired Quicksilver's protectiveness of her, even though Scarlet Witch, I feel, is, like, leaps and bounds more powerful than him. But, you know, both mutants, uh, you know, it's been lightly retconned uh, a few times. Human mutates and this and that, but... I've always human, really admired humans. I think at one point, yeah. I mean, as the as the the movie rights have flowed, it that's all changed. But I've always really admired their relationship and their character. Uh, as I said yesterday slash today, depending on when uh, you're listening to this. Well, actually, you'll be listening to this tomorrow. Listeners will be listening to this tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> but I did a. I did a live video on her Facebook page talking about Quicksilver and, you know, talking about their relationship because they started off their first appearance in number four was them as members of the Brotherhood of Mutants. Mm-hmm. Straight up bad guys, not a whole lot of backstory. You didn't really know a whole lot. But one of the things I really liked was that you could tell their content of character, even in that first issue. Uh, they questioned Magneto's motives quite a bit. Uh, you know, his he early Magneto was I mean, he's he still has those tendencies, but early Magneto was uh, destroy everything, right? Just yeah. Kill all the humans. Who cares? Um, he's evolved a little bit since then, but uh, and and Wanda and, and Pietro were not very into that. They had that comp- human compassionate side, uh, despite being as powerful as they are. So that's why I've always like I've always liked that. I mean, we've talked about it. I, I like those characters who kind of walk that fine line. Yeah. Um, they owed. What they, I mean, the, their their allegiance to Magneto was nothing more than the fact that he saved them, and they owed him. You know, they they, they had a, a a debt to him, even though they didn't necessarily agree with him. Uh, they had a certain debt to him. But uh, you know, Scarlet Witch quickly became, I think, even more more uh, highly regarded than Quicksilver in a lot of instances, even though they were pretty much inseparable in in a lot of cases. You know. Avengers, uh, I believe an X-Men stint. Uh, no, actually, they haven't. It's incorrect. I'm sorry. Avengers, uh, Defenders, Force Works, Lady Liberators, Uncanny Avengers, and West Coast Avengers. She's never officially an X-Men, but, uh, you know, she was featured very, very highly on the, the side of good. And, uh, you know, that's why I was really excited when they brought Elizabeth Olsen on, um, who's done a fantastic job of Scarlet Witch, by the way. For and I'm sure. excited that, that her popularity is starting to come back to the point where she's going to get more, like a more of a, in wrestling terms, a push. I'm going to see her flourish a little bit. Uh, but Scarlet Witch is, is, she's, I mean, her powers are just 
she's really, really incredibly powerful and, and underrated. She like, I'm not sure the whole class level thing for mutants, but if I just, Oh, she's on my level for sure. I was going to say, I, I had a figure uh, with the house of M storyline and so much more, just how a, like powerful she is. Uh, and he, I mean, here's a list of her abilities really quickly. Scientifically enhanced magical abilities, reality warping, probability manipulation, which is a really cool um, mm-hmm. power, teleportation, matter manipulation, time manipulation, and energy projection manipulation and absorption. So she's, she could pretty much do it all. Like you, you can't mess with her in a sense. Uh, so I've always admired that. One of the weirdest things, though, about Scarlet Witch was the relationship with Vision. Even though, mm-hmm. like, if you if you don't know the details, the fact that they bore children is like really weird. But you know, there's obviously her abilities uh, led to that. But I've always found that quite you know quite sympathetic. I, I I've always liked that you know that dynamic. Uh, between the two it's it, it gave me a little interest in vision myself so uh, uh, a quick hop in real quick um i don't know how much of i i'm ridiculous and like sit and watch the trailer breakdowns so their kids wicked and speed are like two of the strongest characters i don't know if you caught uh if you watched the the trailer um for wandavision again it hops through time in the different um which I'm gonna call it in the different like sitcom eras. And as it goes forward, you can actually notice um, at one point she's pretty pregnant. And then it hops forward again and Wanda and, and vision are standing there um, over to cribs with the, like with um, bottles floating above them. Uh, and you presume two children in there. And one of the things that that did happen in the House of M story is she she made these children for herself, um, and used her powers to bring them to reality with her. So that's a possibility that this could be happening in the MCU through Wandavision or through um, what's the other thing, through uh, uh, the Doctor Strange movie that we might get her kind of doing that same thing. Um, and we end up getting Wicked and Speed in the main series, and Speed would then replace, you know, Quicksilver almost in that sense. Um, but yeah, and then, and then it hops again to the main storyline, um, if you know it, or hops to like a, a, a sorry, a, not in storyline, <clears throat> ooh, a common like a, a now time, a modern. There's the time I'm looking for a modern um, sitcom style. So it, it's interesting to me that their kids might even be involved in these new series. It's kind of like you're talking about, which, you know, which I, I truly hope so. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've been a fan of Scarlet Witch at, you know, uh, since I mean, her movie wise, you know, mm-hmm. since the beginning, since I've age of Ultron, I've always it was the way that like her and Quicksilver were produced, like the really cool animations and this and that. Uh, I really, really, truly enjoyed. So I, I like Scarlet Witch. I like her potential. Uh, mm-hmm. I just think she's held back in the live action role so far. She's been. I'm just glad they dropped very reserved that accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was not all that great. Uh, so it has changed, uh, but you can start to see her getting a more important role. And now with oh, like yeah. the phasing out of Iron Man and Captain America, and, and probably even Hulk obviously black widow uh, aside from her movie coming up hawkeye 
uh, Scarlet Witch is a pretty po- prominent figure, and I'm not sure what Elizabeth yeah. Olsen's contract situation is, but I hope they get everything out of her that, that they can. I mean, she I is agree. a truly, truly incredible character. And I'm, I'm like, when Doctor Strange, uh, the new, next Doctor Strange movie was announced, I was so, so excited when I heard that Scarlet Witch is going to be, be like a yeah. extra character. And it's not going to be like a brief appearance. She's supposed to have a pretty major role in this movie. So that, I mean, that just me- shows that the, the confidence that they have in the character. And she does. She really, truly does deserve to have a more prominent role. And, and you know, of all the female characters that have been introduced mm-hmm. in, you know, live action, she's probably the one that most intrigues me, uh, you agree. know, as far as to what she can do. And, you know, her her character importance is, is probably going to, well, her character role is gonna, probably going to get a little bit more important now that Marvel has those Fox movie rights back. So she's going to, she's essentially, uh, you know, they're going to go this route somehow, but she's essentially the, the, the first live action mutant, even though there's going to be, I'm sure they're going to retcon some aspects of it. Um, first on-screen mutant for the MCU. So I'm really glad to see where, you know, this, this role takes her, uh, you know, it takes Elizabeth Olsen where it takes uh, the Scarlet Witch character going forward. But uh, she's been, yeah, I mean, overall, like comic book history and stuff like that, she's been featured very, very, uh, very heavily. And they ha- I mean, the House of M thing was probably one of the biggest ones. I actually have a list of issues that, uh, you know, any listeners want to go check out some storylines. If you want to get some some of the best Scarlet Witch content, um, I'll run through really quick. This is provided by ComicsVerse.com. I can use it as a guide, but uh, Avengers Origins, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver number one. Uh, Uncanny X-Men number four, which I did recap on the Facebook page for you. If you want to go on our Facebook page and check that out, wouldn't hate it. Uh, that's that's their very, very first appearance. Avengers number 16. And uh, this is where Scarlet Witch actually officially joins the Avengers, which is pretty neat there. Vision Scarlet Witch was a series that had two volumes uh, during the 1980s and it really put their relationship in the forefront. Uh, Avengers number nineteen, uh, number ten from nineteen ninety eight. It uh, gives a little expansion on her past and present, and this and that. But um, you know how her powers work. There's a really some really cool stuff in there. So make sure you know if you really want the essential, uh, you know, Wanda experience, the Scarlet Witch experience. Those are some issues that are definitely worth noting, uh, especially in her timeline and lore. But I can't. I mean, I can't preach enough how much I. I grown to appreciate the Scarlet Witch's character. Uh, I mean, the movies have such a huge influence. I mean, I'm just, I'm a sucker for the movies, the cinema, and how much, you know, how well they're perceived on the big screen Yeah, affects me liking them, and, and, and it draws me in. So, ever since she's been featured in a live-action role, I, I've been more drawn to her. That's uh, fair, too. I think that's that's a fair point. I think that happens with a lot of characters. We kind of talked about this on the bonus episode. Um, but in the same breath, like I, I just, I get so excited at the prospect of characters um, being on the live screen as well, which is why I'm pumped about spider Gwen. Uh, and I'm really excited for like the she Hulk series um, and, and what that could mean. Cause I, I, like you said, I think in the same, in the same vein, like, bringing these characters does make people like them more. So I get so excited when a new character hits live action 
just because it brings more fans and, and you get to see how awesome some of these characters really are. No, without a doubt. Yeah, the the, the drawn-in fans thing is, is huge. It adds interest to it, and uh, you know, that all the just there's so much information that comes from a good live-action experience, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or interpretation of a character. People are really want to dig into the the nitty gritty and, and and you know every nook and cranny and and figure out you know understand this character a little bit better. Uh, but so I mean, so far so good for Scarlet Witch. I I've, I really yeah. appreciate it. Obviously. Uh, with the movie rights thing, it hasn't been, you know, the origin hasn't been perfect. Uh, but looking past that, I've been very okay uh, with how Scarlet Witch has been portrayed so far. And I'm like, I can't say it enough. I'm looking forward to the future, uh, and and more comics too. More definitely more major comic book storylines. I'm I'm definitely invested. Yeah, but, I agree. I, that's awesome. And I yeah, that's I'm happy with where we went with this episode. I'm super pumped with. Um, just everything like just with this month i'm really excited to keep diving into um the different you know the different origins and the different like ladies we're we're talking about here i'm really trying to watch my words <laughs> um but I'm, I'm really excited yeah be careful i i was not careful at the top of this episode yeah so i'm <laughs> i'm i'm really excited for for the prospect um because there are some really awesome characters I, I I probably I'm gonna go DC next week. I I don't know who yet. Uh, I, I probably will too. I'll, I I think we should keep it balanced. At, like yeah. That. So if we do like, two Marvel, so we'll do two DC. It is the, no the list I have is insane. Like uh, I want to cover She Hulk. I want to cover Squirrel Girl. I want to cover Catwoman. Um, I, I'm kind of all over the board. I really want. I kind of want to talk Poison Ivy from the DC side. Uh, I was just about to claim that. I was just about to claim that for next week. You can. You okay, can. I claim Poison Ivy. Perfect. So I, I will come up with something DC um, that I, I wouldn't do normally. I was going to go with Jessica Cruz, but she's another Green Lantern. She's one of my favorite Green Lanterns of all time uh, recently. Same thing with Sojourner. Like, I think the two lady Green Lanterns they've just added are incredible. Um, and I love her, like, agoraphobia thing. A superhero with agoraphobia is, like, one of the coolest things to me. Um, but I kind of want to go a different direction than Green Lantern. Um, so I'm going to look into, I'm going to try to see who I can come up with because I have a ton of ideas. Okay. And I don't want to be cliche and go like Harley Quinn. So I'm going to, I'm going to look at, God, don't do that. <laughs> I'm going to do, well, you're doing poison Ivy. So it just makes sense, but I'm going to, I have some ideas. Um, okay. So we're going to see who I can cover. All right. I think that about wraps up for this week's episode of the panel discussion. Everybody. Thank you so much. For your listenership, for your support, we took it, made a huge boost this month, and legit, we couldn't have done it without you. It was incredibly motivating to see the numbers this morning, uh, and we're gonna keep building this thing to be better and better and and better and the best version of itself that it, it can become. So please, please stick with us. We love you. We appreciate you, and we'll talk to you next week right here on the panel discussion. You hear any new podcasts lately? Uh, yeah, I have. 
like what? Retro Blist. You had that ready to go. Like, almost like you knew I was going to ask you this. I sort of kind of did. It was like an ESP feeling. What's Retro Blist? Retro Blist is a retro video game podcast presented by Johnny and Trevor, where they talk about everything from retro gaming, retro consoles. They each week review a different video game that they have played. Uh, majority of the time it is retro like on the actual console itself from Sega Dreamcast to Super Nintendos to um, I think they recently started playing on a Nintendo Switch where can I find this podcast uh, you can find it at bicbp-radio.com sweet